Hello everyone, I'm Yvonne Edoutu and this is Beautiful My Podcast. Review is upon us. Welcome to Beautiful Mind Podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you for joining us. In today's episode, I will be reviewing a book. It's a memoir, and it's absolutely one of my favorite books. One of the best books I've read this year. So the title of this book is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. This book is a memoir from one of the founders of Nike. Nike is the number one shoes and apparel company in the world. In this episode, I'll, I'll be reviewing Shoe Dog. And more importantly, I'll talk about five tips for entrepreneurs. So I got five tips that I think I have to share with entrepreneurs. Those who know them, those who love them, those who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs, they need to listen to this because this is what I learned from this. And there's so much more in this book. So just keep listening. Here's a quick summary. Shoe Dog is a memoir. It's a memoir of the co-founder of Nike. So Nike was founded by two people, the Bowerman and Phil Knight. Phil Knight is still alive and this is his story. Shoe Dog is absolutely the best book I have read. This I love it so much. I've read it twice. So this book has 400 pages. This book starts from 1962, the year Phil Knight turned 24 and just end a master's from Stanford University. And it shows us 18 years down the line till 1980 when Nike went public. So through the course of the 18 years, we, we travel with few nights and we see the early struggles of a startup. That's fueled with fear of bankruptcy. You're looking at self-doubt and adversity. Look, this book just gives a very candid account of the life of an entrepreneur. It's a very interesting one. Funny, with, with so many nice quotes. I'll, I'll mention a few. So this is what I liked about the book. It was well written and was such an enjoyable read. It was hard to put down. Phil Knight was super open about his struggles with running the company. And you could just see from the book how relentless he was in the pursuit of making something beautiful. His fascination with shoes and making it a success. It's interesting to me that I had no idea how crazy the startup life is and how crazier it was in 1962 when banks didn't have an idea of venture capital or just investing in a growing business and how how crazy it was starting a business basically. So from this book, you can see that the life of an entrepreneur is not as simple or easy. You have to keep making decisions day in, day out. And you have to live with the consequences because as soon as you make this decision, you get like almost immediate results. You don't know what to expect each day. And Fiona was very plain and clear about it. Like he was so open. You could see where he had wrongdoing. He talks about relationships. That's a key point. One of the points I'm going to bring up. Relationships friendship and business and being curious partnering with the right people there's so much so much so much to learn about this book and it's just 100 pages it's an easy read i mean i read it in a couple of days because i was only reading at night when i go back from work but i had it all the time finish it in a day or two so here are the five tips for the entrepreneurs from shoot dog the first one is be a salesman. Phil Knight started out as a salesman. He didn't even have an idea that he wanted to make his own running shoe. He just wanted to sell shoes for Onitsuka, but it's a Japanese brand. And that was, he traveled all the way to Japan to have a meeting. He 
the major distributor of this brand in America, in Oregon, where he stayed. So that was the idea. He just wanted to sell the shoes. He was a runner in college. He loved running. He loved reading about shoes. He was a sneaker buff. So he had an idea of the shoe business and he wanted to sell. But over time, there were frictions with this brand and so many other things. And it just forced him to be like, okay, I think I can design the shoes and do it better. And that was how he decided to branch and make his own shoes. So the key point here is just being a salesman. Look, if you have an idea of a product you really want to develop or something, have you even tried selling something like it? Selling in any form. I mean, if it's just marketing, look, having a podcast has opened my eyes to marketing and so many things I have no idea about. So you just being able to market something, market a product. And if it's a product you like, spend so much time knowing about it. Be very knowledgeable. If you like skincare, you can buy products for yourself, recommend to your friend. Just know with the ingredients, know, be very knowledgeable. And you can, you can sell it to your family or friends without even like selling the product itself. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to be the make you don't have to make your own cream or something but you can sell it. But it's also very good when you can sell. He saw a problem with the sneakers and he decided to solve the problem. He was solving the problem for himself and for every other person. First of all, he knew how to sell. He had sold some someone else's brand and believed in it. So it was easier and it was easy for him to be able to sell his own sneakers and solve a problem. The second point is people and relation, people slash relation. Look, if it's one thing to take from reading this, it, it's, it reiterates the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Oh my gosh. I just, I, I just loved all the founding employees reading about them in this book. His co-founder was his coach, Bill Bowerman. He's late now, but he was his coach, track coach, and a very successful coach. Imagine you partnering to form a company with your coach. That's like your lecturer, your teacher, maybe your boss at work, your immediate supervisor. Having somebody believe in you, believe in your dream. I mean, that's that's the best le- that's the best way to level up. You're partnering with somebody who has experience. And not only was his partner a coach, he was also fascinated with shoes. Too. He can be a coach and he might not be interested in like shoes. He might have been interested in, in running, in maybe nutrition or just something else. But he was fascinated with shoes as well. He used to sneak into the, the running teams, their lockers and pull, pull out their sneakers and tear it up just to see the materials used and try and fix it up so you can see what he can do better with the sneakers and it either gave them it either made them sore or they ran like mad by the way he leveled up he got himself his coach a legendary coach that believed in his vision it's so important to bring people into your team that believe in you and believe in your vision that bought into your dream from the book few Knight described himself as a very shy person like he didn't even sound like he was one of the best runners Though he ran track in college. You know, you always have like the best. And he was okay and good. He loved running. His coach saw that. More important, the coach loved the fact that he he had this dream. And he just believed in him. The founding employees, his first employee, Johnson. Johnson loved the idea of selling shoes. Just believed in the shoes. From this book and the way few... Knight describes his relationship with the founding employee. You could see that he didn't even have the strength to micromanage. That's a key one. He got people that 
that trusted him that brought him to his beach and he also trusted them he just let them do their thing it might be scary to do that in nigeria or in some climates where you don't particularly trust the people you employ i mean you just employ them because you think okay they should do this they should do this for you or you can afford to employ them you need their service but when you employ people and you allow them you know you employ them because you can see they have initiative they have the drive they have the dream some some employers kill the dream some entrepreneurs kill the dream of the people they they employ they don't even care about things like your head but from this book you can see that few nights just just let them be just let them flourish like okay you want to handle this area in america you want to be the one sending it that's it figure it out let me know give a report and boom they went with it and did so well they could side there are two sides to it sometimes you work in a place where a boss has to micromanage everything you know bosses like but let me let me say this from a personal experience when you work in a place that micromanages you you spend so much time trying to get into the head of your boss you know, you're trying to drop something and you think, you know, would you like it this way? How would you read it if it was him? Is this how you read something? And you just discover that you're not even thinking for yourself. You haven't even developed your mind or your own style. I know, I know you don't want to develop your style and someone else's money. But it's good when entrepreneurs can see beyond their own selfish interests. It's your business, I guess. But you're looking at your employees and you're studying them, their personality, their creativity, their initiative. And letting them think, how would you put this? Oh, how do you want it? How will you sell this? Why do you think? Like, I like when I go someplace and I want to buy something. And the employees or the what I say, cashier or anybody that can help you with the product knows a lot about, is knowledgeable about the product. It blows my mind because I'm like, why don't you know? <laughs> why, 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 why don't you know it? Like, do you hate your job that much? Or your boss just can't be bothered if you know it? Like, know it know it so well be able to sell sell the business or sell the dream on your own without your boss putting words in your mouth you know think out think outside the box kind of thing so yeah you learn a lot you from this book it's so important people don't micromanage let people be able to think and surround yourself with people that can use the initiative that believe in your dream and they will sell it as well they were just wrong with it don't i'm not saying with no micromanagement he didn't ask for accounting or something oh they did they gave reports they wrote letters they had meetings they talked about it but they were responsible on their own yeah this is your business you're responsible for something and because they loved it so much it it just helped them they just pushed and kept pushing and kept pushing one other thing about people or relationships i want to mention is not all great ideas are going to be yours. Few Nights gave credit when credit was due. Take for instance the person that designed and created the logo. It was designed by a lady called Caroline Davidson. And at the time when she designed the logo in 1970, she was paid just $35. Imagine the swoosh logo. That's Nike's logo. That's just one. So many other ideas that different people came up with the name. Imagine Few Nights almost named Nike dimension six even the name nike didn't even come from him it was it was someone that brought up the idea and i was like okay okay he almost didn't even accept it your employees have ideas people you surround yourself with have ideas it doesn't always have to be. that's why i learned like it doesn't always have to be you since i'm the owner that this is how you have to nah, 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 nah. let people around you shine you know just do what later on though nike rewarded this caroline davidson they gave her i think Nike stock and a ring was worth a whole lot. So yeah, that's number two. 
So number three is unfocused. A few nights was just focused on blogging shoes and making it better, on improving, on pursuing excellence. Like it's easy to just be focused when you're starting, but it gets harder when you have to be consistent and you have to keep improving on yourself. Like there were other great brands around. Adidas was around. Nike wasn't even distracted by Adidas. And Nike had a lot on its plates. It wasn't distracted by other companies, wasn't distracted by lawsuits. It just focused on making Nike better. One of the quotes I loved in this book is, the cowards never started, the weak died along the way. That leaves us. Just gotta do it, you know? I'm not throwing shade, but it's okay if you haven't started. Yeah, some people die along the way. But you just have to continue. Nike started with $8,000 sales in their first year. And 54 years down the line, their revenue is $34.4 billion US dollars. That's a lot of focus. Adidas was already there making waves popular and you just popped up from somewhere, from Oregon. So from this focus, you realize that. And when you're focused, it doesn't mean you don't care about what other people are doing around. You just don't let it distract. The industry might be saturated with so many businesses, so many good businesses that already have the best partnerships that every that's seen everywhere. And you're just like, what do I have to offer? I mean, what am I even doing? Just be focused on you. It's good to have healthy competition. Because with healthy competition, I mean, Adidas almost set the standard. You know, okay, that's good. Your sneakers cannot be worse than Adidas. It has to be better. So healthy competition makes for improvement and makes for a good product. Just keep being focused on you. Nothing should distract you. Losses may be expensive. The companies around you may be expensive and it might put a lot of strain on you. But just be focused on you. That's it. Number four points is visibility. Fionite explained the importance of getting sponsors, getting ambassadors, people to wear your products, seen that are seen everywhere, seen on tracks, seen at Olympics, seen on TV. He mentioned how he had somebody in Hollywood that gave out their products to stars, whether big, whether little, whether fading, just give it to somebody, somebody who still wear it. On TV, look, if you're a young entrepreneur and if you're someone in Nigeria, it can even be your pastor, it can be your teacher, your colleague, your driver. Give out your product, let it be seen. You know, mouth to mouth marketing helps, especially if you cannot afford the pay for promotion. You know, now people promote on social media, they get influencers. If you can't afford it, at least give it to the people around you. Let your product be seen. If I like a product, I'll talk about it. If I like some, I will talk about it. I will mention it. I always tell my friend. If I have this cream I like, if I have this soap I like, if I have this, like, you know, I'll hype it and let you know that, okay, this is really good. Your helper is right beside you. Don't look fast. Stop looking and thinking it has to be on a billboard or something. And when you become big enough, you have to leverage on partnerships, getting branded ambassadors. It's all about visibility. Let people see you. Let people associate with your brand. Put yourself out there. Anyhow, give it out. Give it, send a gift to this. And you don't have to send it to like Omotola Jalady or someone really huge. I mean, she will have many people sending it to her. It can just be somebody starting up. Maybe someone from Skinny Girl Transit. Maybe a podcaster. <laughs> Anybody. Yeah, visibility. Okay, so number five is always go back to the drawing board. That's the point of creating a product. You don't want to finish work at the first time. Do you know? You don't do something and it's like, it's perfect. That's it. Send it down to the market. No. No, no, no. The market may be saturated, but there will be only one product 
or several products that represent you and your brand. And that was Nike in this. Fionite described the failure of the first Nike tailwind. I mean, the shoes were hyped. They had promoted it. Everybody was ready to buy it. And I ended up being recalled because they fell apart after 10 days. Imagine the, the loss, the money spent on marketing, getting people, and just the overall loss experienced by people, people returning their product. Well, that's even nice because you, that's a, that's an environment where you can record, return your products. In Nigeria, not so much. A lot of companies or businesses will tell you no returns. But when you get returns and people are complaining about something, it makes you want to go back to the drawing board and fix it. Because when you fix it, it's better. And you even look better. I, I can't wait for when companies in Nigeria start taking returns. I mean, just get it by yourself and take and just let people return stuff. Because you only return it if you don't like it. And if it's not doing what it said it would do, or if it's false, or if it's bad or something. And it's feedback. Feedback is always good. When I give you feedback, go back to the drawing board and fix it. And when I see when a business can go back and fix something, it's it just shows their that the business is bigger than them. You're not arrogant. It's not all about you. Like, get advice. You need to go back to the board. You can fix it and and send it back to the customer. And the customer can say that, oh, okay, my feedback is important. This product actually really wants to do what it, like, it cares about you, you know. Going back to the drawing board. And this applies not only to entrepreneurs. It also applies to us personally, to your personal goals. I just want to go back and just see ways you can improve, things you can get better at. For me, this 2018 has been has been great because I've been trying to do a lot of unlearning. Those are the five tips I got for entrepreneurs from Shootouts. Here's a quick recap. Number one is being a salesman. Sell a product before you sell your product. Sell something. Sell. Number two is surround yourself with the right kind of people and relationships. Concerning that, here's a quote from General Patton that I love so much. I told you this book was for you to quote. It says, don't tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their results. Yeah, surprise can be good or bad. You learn something. That's number two. Surround yourself with the right people with the right relationship. Number three is focus. Don't just focus on starting something. Be consistent and keep improving. Number four is visibility. Get your product seen. Anyhow you want to do it, get it seen. You believe in it so much, get it seen. Number five is always go back to the drawing board. Don't be afraid. Yeah, criticism can be really painful, especially when you work so hard for something. I know. Oh, it can be really painful, but it's always good. Go back to the drawing board and see what you can fix. And be open to feedback. Be open to returns. Yeah, be open to returns. I really love that people start accepting. Hey, let me give you stuff if i don't like what i paid overall he not only talked about nike as a business he also talked about his personal life you know you could see that the life of an entrepreneur is not easy. he didn't have so much time for his family and it was evident though his family is still close-knit and he's together with his wife what do you think about micromanaging <laughs> if you have a business what kind of what, what style of leadership do you like you're the boss do you like just your orders being followed and you don't like your employees using their initiative. Remember back in secondary school, when your teacher tells you to use your initiative, it's like, eh? he just called you dumb and daft and it's the worst insult ever. But you actually allow the people around you to use your initiative. It's a suck if you employ people that you think are dumb. I mean, why employ them? To employ people that are going to stress you. Employ people that are open to learning. That's the key. And train, train people. 
train oh my gosh train train people and train doesn't mean send them out for training someone from the outside and if you can afford someone from the outside a professional to do that's good enough too. but you're just involved in 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 training your staff they'll feel so good about themselves because sometimes they don't even know they have such ideas or such ideas even count do you understand it might cross their mind of like oh no god will not think this way oh no my boss i can't even tell her or she doesn't like feedback just be open to getting feedback, teaching people, and be very interested in, the, be very particular about the brain. I know right now in the market, so many people need jobs. You want this job, better come. Many people need jobs. But not be quite picky about the kind of people you want to run your business because the energy helps. I could just tell from reading this book, like, wow. He even mentioned that the founding employees of Nike, two were overweight. One was and wheelchair bound. So you can't even run in the sneaker. But you loved it and you didn't care. The business, the man behind it, the friendship, just the energy. So that matters a lot. Go out and buy shoe dog. <laughs> I really love it. You can see that was one of the books on my on my to read list the last time. And I read it. Thank you for listening to the episode so far. On my to read list, I have some old books, but I bought them so I know I have to read them. The first one is The Book Thief. I know you might have read it. The second is 100 Years of Solitude. The third is Small Great Things. Fourth is The God of Small Things. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what books you're reading right now. <clears throat> Let me know you, what you think about the tips. And send me an email. I really want to read an email from you. I have a Facebook page now. So please like it, send me a tweet, follow me on Twitter on Beautiful Mind Podcast and follow me back.